But hey, we're going to go ahead and get started. We don't have music today either, but um, so we'll just say welcome to the Crossways Podcast. Um, we're finally getting started. I'm Jonathan. This is Matthew. And we're here talking about knowing God's will for your life. And we kind of found this article on with the Bible study tools. Something. I don't remember and what it was. Uh, we've been looking at it, and we have about eight different points we've taken from that to make different podcast episodes. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we did Walk with God. And then last week, we did Surrendering Your Will Over to God. And that's, that's, that's real hard. That's the yeah. kind of one of the, the first two steps. And now, this next kind of step we're kind of going to be unpacking is obeying what you already know. And not just what you know in general, but what you already know to be God's will. And uh, I guess for those who are watching, what do you already know to be God's will? Well, what's the obvious, this is what God desires? And um, for me, it's one of the first things I think of is he desires for all of us to be saved. I think that, 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 that we have to start with that, I think. You know, when, when I look at that from 1 Timothy 2, Paul writes that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. He, our audience said amen. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> he knows he's not crying for you. He's crying for his mama. Yeah, I, I know. It's okay. But so when you, when you think about God desiring for all to be saved, what other thoughts come to mind along with that? Um, I, don't, I don't, you know, one of the things that I've always found interesting about salvation and about um, kind of this, this God's desire is that, uh, again, it goes back to will. It's, he, he doesn't force it on us. And yeah. that's a unique thing, I believe, about, about God. I know that um, Jesus in his Great Commission, he, he, he makes a statement, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Like, yeah. I, I have it. It's right here. In yeah. this. And he could have said, therefore, everybody bow down and worship me. But he didn't. No. He said, hey, go and convince people that this is the best thing for their life. Yeah. I want them... I, I want them to have the benefits of this relationship. I, I want I want this great thing for everybody, and I desire it, but I'm not going to force it on them. I want them to choose it. Yeah. And I believe that's a very unique thing. I mean, you're talking about the God of the universe, the creator of all things that could have made us worship him. But he goes, no, 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 no. My desire is for you to desire me. Yeah. My will is for that you, for you also to understand that that i also love you yeah. completely and, and and completely emptying myself and, yeah. and i mean he gave us his son and uh, we'll get to the love later on in this episode but i think we have to understand that that his desire and it's one of those things that when we talk about the will of god we know that there's this ideal will which is the desires all to be saved can man break that will of god in the sense of go against it mm -hmm. absolutely because we have the free will. He all, you know, but we can't break the ultimate will, which is judgment day. Mm -hmm. We don't get a say in that. It's, there's this and this. God says, if you do this, this will happen. If you do this, this will happen. But we have his ideal will. I want everyone to be saved. And we know that we can reject God. And I think we have to start with, in order for us to, you know, surrender and knowing what God's will is for my life. I have to also know that he's given me free will to choose whether or not I'm going to obey that will mm -hmm. or if I'm going to kind of do my own thing. You know, and along those lines, and I, I jotted this down here, and I don't know if this is, 
I don't know. Hey, Miss Andrea, it's good to have you with us. Miss Andrea was a first-time watcher last week. Oh. First-time viewer, and she's back with us this week. Um, awesome. One of the things that I think maybe you can tell me if this is the time for this discussion or not, uh, God desires us to be saved. And he desires to bless us through that. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to understand his view on that because sometimes our view, especially in the churches across, I think we're guilty of this sometimes, that our salvation is not about being saved and living in that relationship with him, but it's about just not going to hell. And when we have a very shallow view of, of what salvation is, then what God's desire within that relationship is going to be very, our view of God's desire mm -hmm. is going to be very shallow. That God's desire for us to be saved is not just so we don't go to hell. Okay, <laughs> It's so that we can bless other people. It's so that we can save other people. It's so that we can have this intimate relationship with him. It's so that we can have an intimate family relationship. There, there's so much depth to yeah. it, but we have been guilty of just boiling it down to it's just about not going to hell. And, and we use the word, you know, having fear of the Lord. Yeah. And that word fear doesn't necessarily mean, well, I don't think it means at all, to be scared. Now, fear in the sense of being scared is a one way to motivate people to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. And I think we've fallen into the trap sometimes of leaning on that fear or, the, or the, the, the scariness of hell as a convincing argument of why you should do this. Yeah. Jesus doesn't say convince them because of fear of hell. He says convince them because of unity with God one day. Yeah. And... That's a harder, maybe persuasive argument in today's culture mm -hmm. because of instant gratification, but it's the more appropriate. Yeah. Now, we, there's a balance. To, we still have to fear the consequences, but we also need, but that, that shouldn't be the main motivation. Now, I think it's okay in a, in a faith growing process. I think it's okay for your faith to start maybe in that place and then grow out mm -hmm. of it, but it cannot stay there. No. No, can't stay there, and it, it leads us to this next point of being holy. Because if, if our goal is just not to, to go to hell, if our goal is just to, this, the scariness of disobedience and, the, and avoiding consequences, well, that's not being holy. No. That's just saying, I'm going to kind of skate by. Well, and it leads to, it leads to that idea of lukewarm Christianity. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know one, of, one of the best selling Christian books over the last 15 years has been Francis Chan's Crazy Love. And he really mm -hmm. deals with lukewarm Christianity and lists all of the, in one of his chapters, he lists the profile of a lukewarm Christian. And, and, I, and I think there's a lot of great stuff in there, but it's all around the idea of I'm doing these things, number one, to make myself feel better or because I think I have to. Mm -hmm. But there's no, like you said, there's no real like, I'm doing this to be holy. I'm doing this to grow. I'm doing this uh, and when we have a very shallow view of that, you're right. It, it is that I'm doing this because I have to, which does not lead to God's desire for us to become holy. Yeah. And, um, and, and, as we, and we're talking about 1 Peter 1.16, which is also a quote from, from other passages, especially in the, the Old Testament. But we know that God desires for us to be holy. But let me ask you this. And I'll ask our audience this, who we got maybe, oh, I don't know if we have any left on TikTok, but we got a couple on Facebook. What does holy even mean? 
I mean, we have all these big words. We're called, hey, we know we're supposed to be holy. We, we're supposed to start with obeying what we already know. We know God says be holy. Well, that doesn't do much for me if I don't know what it means. Well, it is because I think a lot of people are going to say, well, holy means perfect. Because yeah. God says be holy because I'm holy. And so we look at that because we've, we've got a very religious view of holiness as sanctified and pure and, and it is those things yeah. but that then translates into perfection i can't be sanctified and pure unless i'm perfect and so then we end up going well god says be perfect because i'm perfect and then we look at ourselves and we go i can't do that because yeah. i can't be perfect so obviously it doesn't holiness does not mean perfect because god would never tell us to do something that yeah. we're not capable of doing the only time I think that perfect's mentioned when it says being perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, and, and striving for perfection is always, at least oftentimes, linked with the blood of Christ. Uh -huh. And we can do that through him, but he wants us to be, and I've heard it to be set apart, to be holy for I am holy, to be set apart. When we look at these covenants, and especially when people dedicated their lives in the Old Testament to the Lord, they were set apart to do his will. Okay, yeah, take that the next step because it does mean set apart, but it means set apart for a specific purpose. Yep, yeah. And, and I think that we are really good about being set apart in the church. Like, we're going to be, but it's almost in a negative way. We're going to set ourselves apart to the point that we're completely irrelevant. So what's our purpose? Our purpose is to, to seek and save. Yeah. Our and you go on through, you know, like, we're going to hit next on point. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> to, to love. Yeah. Uh, to live in the spirit. I, I mean, there's, there's so many. Yeah. There's so many of those things. But, you know, it's got to be by the, with the understanding of, of your purpose. Yes. And, and I think, and, and we have a note here, but this is one we really struggle with, which is living and walking in the spirit. Yeah. Um, Dan Chambers uh, is a friend of ours. Um, and I once heard him talk about this Galatians passage, when, you know, putting on uh, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. But it says, if you walk by the Spirit, then if you live by the Spirit, then walk by the Spirit. Walk, live, live, walk. Anyway, he's saying to walk by the Spirit. And he used to use the analogy that you have to, um, you have to let the Spirit in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And he said, as years went on, and as we started paying attention more about how we act. He goes, but there's a lot of backseat drivers and co-pilots. And he goes, so then he moves on to say, not only do you have to let the spirit in the driver's seat, but you're going to have to let it drive. Well, you know, and that's so hard. It is so hard. And, you know, and we've done such a good job, and, and I don't know why we've been this way, but we've done such a good job of talking about what the Holy Spirit's not that now we're, we've created a, a generation of Christians that's almost afraid to talk about what the Holy Spirit is. And we're not going to do a deep dive into the Holy Spirit today, but um, we have to allow the Holy Spirit yeah. to, to be active in our lives. And, to, and, a lot of that, and I don't believe that the Holy Spirit is strictly um, restricted, strictly mm -hmm. restricted to the Word, but it is the, one of the first places we encounter the Spirit. Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, well, this is what a spirit-filled life looks like. Now I need to figure out how that looks in my life and how that fits into my life. Uh, but we do. We, have, we, we struggle with that because we're afraid that we're going to be liberal or progressive or, you know, it's going to leave. Here's my favorite thing I ever read about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always and only shine a light on Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
That if the Holy Spirit's ever leading you to do something that is about you, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's just your excuse. Yeah, yeah. That the Holy Spirit's job is to be a floodlight, and all throughout Scripture, was to always point to the loving actions of Jesus. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I never thought about it that way. But, but that, is, that is so true. And because it, it can't be about us. It can't be about loving self, and that's it. It can't be about, oh, it's about pleasing me, about what I want to do. It really becomes what's going to be pleasing to God, what's going to be pleasing to, you know, what's going to glorify Jesus, you know, what am I doing in the Spirit? But then also all of that relates to also how we treat others. Uh-huh. And, we, and one of the most common themes throughout all of Scripture is love. Mm-hmm. And we like to misdefine love a lot of times. Love isn't a feeling. Yeah, it is. And, uh, it's that feeling you feel when you feel a feeling that you never felt before. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> We're out of here. But no, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a feeling. I mean, can it produce feelings? Sure, sure. But it's a decision that we have to make every single day. Because when I look at the definitions of love, when I look at all how love is defined, it's not things that I feel. Yeah. It's not things that are easy, natural to do. There are intentional things we have to do to display love. Um, I love looking at Second John when he says, hey, I'm not writing you anything new. Because this is not a new commandment, one you had from the beginning. And when I think of the beginning, I think of Genesis 1-1. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about Genesis 1-1. He's talking about the beginning of Jesus' ministry and the beginning of their commandment to then go, go out after his ascension. And he says, here's the, here's, my, here's the not new commandment, but the one we had from the beginning, that we love one another. He says, and this is love. So here's, here's the definition of love according to John and Jesus. It says that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment you have had from the beginning, that you should walk in it. He says, obey his commandments, love one another. Mm-hmm. And so that's simple, that's easy to say, but it's really not that hard easy to, to not fulfill. always no not always you know that idea that you should walk in it which means that every conversation you have has to be grounded in love even even those super super hard ones those people that yeah. oh i love you but i love you when you're an hour and a half away like you know <laughs> um you know that's not what he says no it's not what he says at all one of the things and i've got it jotted down in my notes for sunday but Blair had mentioned it to me earlier this week. I don't know where she found it, but but something, it just kind of came to her some way. But I know, buddy, it's rough. We're, we're, gonna, we're almost done, okay? Oh, let's get done. some more snacks, buddy. Feed him. He's a man. Put food in front of him. He'll be all right. Um, but Blair shared with me this idea of make it your goal to, when, when you have an encounter with somebody, make it your goal to leave them better than you found them. And we, we talk about that, especially in youth ministry. When we yeah. go somewhere, let's leave it better than we found it. But she said, why not apply that to relationships? That whenever you and I have an encounter, I need to leave you better than I found you. I need to pour Jesus into you, pour love into you, pour grace into you, so that when we leave, and we have all had those conversations with people. We all have those people that we love talking to because after we get through talking to them, we feel so much better. We, you know, we just enjoy. And I think that's part of that, that walking in love. Yeah. And it's, when I'm looking at, we have some verses written down. 
all of this walking in love is, is a common theme. You know, we have, you know, even Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another. And then greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down your life. That is a, a life mm-hmm. choice. And he says, and you are my friends if you do what I command you. So he says, hey, he told, he told them, hey, you're, you're my friends, but also you still have a choice whether or not you're going to be my friend. There's all this free will stuff inside God's will for us. But it all boils down to, here's my commandment, mm-hmm. that you simply love one another and what? Well, one, love God, love one another. And everything really falls in those categories. Yeah. Everything. Absolutely. Everything we're supposed to do goes back to either wanting to please God or wanting to serve others. And I don't know if you had something. On our automatic captions here, it said, love God and love your mother. Well, you should love your mother, too. Sorry. Yes. That's my ADD. It just... Hey, if I saw it, I would have probably lost it, too. I, uh, <laughs> now I'm off. Now you're off. I am. So, uh, you know, we'll move on to kind of the next idea here. I think this may be a harder thing for us is it's God's will for us to humble ourselves and to glorify him. Yeah. And that goes back to that idea of walking in the spirit of um, how easy it is how easy it is sometimes to make this about us. It's not. <laughs> this is my and your show. Yeah, it's yeah. about us. No. About what? Um, my, my granddaddy told me this one time, and he said it was a hard lesson he learned in ministry. Um, to look at everybody as someone that God can save, not someone you can save. Yes. You know, because I don't save anybody. But we kind of give that, we kind of teach that, you know, oh, well, I converted Jonathan, you know. Yep. Well, no, you, you didn't. Yeah, no. Um, and Paul even had this attitude of he was glad that for the most part he didn't do any of this baptizing because he didn't have to worry about people exalting him. To or him. I think it's about him exalting himself. Yeah. I really think Paul struggled with arrogance. Do you? I do. When the thorn, the thorn of the flesh, he says, to keep me from what? Being conceited, I had this. I really think all these things was, was a way for Paul to be like, man, it's really not all about me. Because, man, it's not like Paul didn't know how successful he was. Being. Oh, yeah. Let's just be honest. I mean, when you know you're doing good work, you, you know you're doing good work. And, yeah. uh, and he was doing great work. And I think it's, it's, and for us the same, it's when you're being successful, it's so hard to not let that go to your head and think, man, look at, we know, look even what in, I did. Even in First Timothy, and I love when he does this. He goes, hey, look, you know, if, if these guys want to have an argument over who's better, especially these Jewish <laughs> Christians, he goes, let's go. Bring it. Because I'm going to beat you. Like, yeah. You're right, though, but he did. Yeah, he knew, like, yeah. if you want to talk about it from a Christian perspective, he knew he had it. If he wanted to talk about it from a Jewish perspective, he knew he had it. Yeah. I never thought about that. Interesting yeah. point, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I have those every now and then. But it's easy for us to be that way. It's easy for us to, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's always, and, and I think this is a God thing, it's always been really intriguing to me how many times, and the more you preach, and you may have heard this before, but the Sundays that I feel like my sermon is lacking, those are the days that three or four people will be like, I needed what you said today. Yeah. And it's maybe like one sentence. Yeah, and, to me, and the rest like, of it were like, that was terrible. To me, it was like, <laughs> this, this was not presented well. I was not 
you know, I was not this and I was not this. But the Holy Spirit took that message and convicted someone with it. Not me, but the Holy Spirit did. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's God wants us to be humble. Uh, and, and that is, and especially today, because I, I mean, like you said, this is our, this is our show. We're on this platform and that platform and check yeah. us out here and check us out there. Listen, listen to us as yeah. we teach you the way of the cross, yeah. you know, and, and it's so, it, it is so hard to just truly be humble. I, isn't it, buddy? It is. He said, amen. He agrees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it's one of those, now how can we do all these things? So for the next, I would say, 10 minutes or so, if that, uh, and these are just things I, 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 I jotted down. I think you have some stuff you jotted down on then how can we do, let's see, we have the being holy. How can we walk by the Spirit? How can we love one another? How can we embrace that all need to be saved? Now that one I think is, is, is really hard. But um, I just think one thing is finding ways to remind yourself who God is. You know, God is someone who wants all to be saved. He is a God of love. He is a God of, of holiness. He is a God of, that's in spirit. He, he even is a God that we can't say, you know, in the sense of, of humility, but Jesus displayed humility. God the Father demands mm-hmm. what, he, what he, because he demands the, the worship. He demands his because he's majestic, he is holy, but and sorry, and Jesus, Jesus was always pointing to the Father for that reason. But I think I just have these written down. Sticky notes. I don't know if you're a sticky note person. I'm not. Some people are. Uh, are y'all sticky note people? People no, put on the mirrors. Yeah, as you know, daily reminders. And, I, and I've, done, I've done that before with Bible verses from time to time. Of I've, you know, I was I was struggling with a situation at one of my jobs and. Um, I put up that verse of, you know, live your life in such a way that they find no fault in you, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I stuck that on my mirror in my bathroom. So every morning when I got up, I read that. Um, I know as an exercise in Kingston one time, I challenged everybody. A lot of people did this. of take a sticky note and just write down two or three verses from Psalms mm-hmm. and, and stick it on your steering wheel. And, and, you know, tape it on there a little bit better than just a sticky note. So that as you're driving and at, like every time you get in your car, you're going to see that. So, you know, say then you, I can't honk my horn yeah, and can. yell at people just and... in a loving and humble way. Um, <laughs> there's a difference in honking your horn, and like slamming down your horn. Uh, but, you know, if you if you struggle with, you know, with some of these things, find a proverb that deals with that yeah. and put that in front of you. and Just remind yourself. And and I really enjoy doing that from time to time. Yeah. I, and, and very similar for someone more like me who's, who's on your phone more, more than I am writing down stuff is reminders. Um, now, uh, I've done this with prayer before. There's an app, Echo Prayer app. I've talked about it before on this podcast. Love that app. Um, it can, you can make a prayer list. It'll ping you with an, a random prayer thing from your list. Um, be careful with your reminders, though. If you put too many reminders, you'll just get aggravated. And uh, you'll end up ignoring them. But maybe just pick, hey, two times during the day, I want a reminder is pinged to my phone to say a prayer or to read the scripture or to, that just says, trust God or just says something that reminds you of, of who God is. And then that also helps us know that, what, who we want to be. Yeah. And uh, now there's this third one I put down, I don't do a very good job of. But uh, are you, do you journal? 
Uh, I don't. Yeah, some I've uh, I have a uh, I have a unique way of kind of like planning out my day. My my book's actually over there on the other table, um, but of, of things that that I track and uh, and part of that is is kind of daily reminder things. Certain not not a maybe an exhaustive prayer request list, but um, specific prayer request and even thanks. Yeah. That as as things happen, I try to grab that and, and write down in that. I, I'm a I mean I am a I am a semi techie guy, but at the same time I also I'm also an old pen and paper yeah. kind of guy. As, as much as we you, we do everything kind of cloud based and sharing, I really enjoyed paper notes today. Yeah. Because I could actually sit and write on them. And, there you go. And uh, one thing for me is, and I used to do when I did this, and I was good, and I and I did it every day for a while. I was. N- organized I was productive and I need to get back to it it's just it's one thing I struggle with is is this is the journaling helped it was called a panda planner excuse me and it had areas for like hey what were your big wins yesterday uh-huh. and uh, what are your goals today what are some affirmations you can you know some little and that's so awkward for me to write a little affirmation sentence I am worth you know you know a little positive thing yeah. about yourself it just feels inauthentic sometimes but that's just me I am worthy and, yeah I am worthy. yeah oh buddy and uh, but it was really good because then you, you had your checklist you had your schedule you had your projects for the day and at the end it said man what was I good at how can I do better yeah and it was great so like in the morning I would you know set time up at night I would fill out the rest of the the daily thing uh-huh. and you had your week goals so the same thing how how was your week success? How can you do better this week? And it really, and especially when you had your, it had a section for like personal, work-related, family-related, spiritual-related. So it really helped me in, in that process. But using something like that, maybe even completely spiritual, might be real helpful if that's something that yeah. you're naturally good at. And um, anything else? That you maybe for finding ways to remind yourself who God is. I think you just have to, you know, you have to figure out what works for you in, in those kind of, those kind of ways. And, and I think everybody's, I think everybody knows their way. It's just committing to doing it. Mm-hmm. Just and committing to doing it. Looks like I ran out of time. I wrote down one word and it finished the sentence. But you know, the next one is finding ways to remind yourself that everyone is made in the image of God, and that's the hardest. But I mean, we're called to love others. Paul says to count others more significant than yourself. And I think we have to, and I'm not, I don't have any practical advice for that other than just reminding yourself. I think it's reminding, I think it's spending time with people. Yeah. It's spending time with people and understanding that, you know, hey, you got this, you got this negative Joe at church. Okay. Spend some time with him. Figure out, uh, I I was at the, uh, at this conference back a few weeks ago and uh, Ben Hayes was talking about this guy that just really just didn't like him. Um, but he found out that prior to him uh, coming uh, to the church there, that this guy had lost his wife of like 70 years, yeah. you know, and he was grieving. And, and that was why he was so negative. And, and at first it was just, you know, oh, I can't stand this guy. Like, why does he hate me? If he hates me, I hate him. But the more he, <laughs> yeah, and we're guilty of that, oh, you know. Well, if you don't like me, then I just won't I'm spend time with like you. you. But the more he got, but he's like, okay, I need to learn who this guy is as a person and understand, yeah. you know, the struggles that they're going through. And most of the time, you'll you'll get there. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, so. we, we just want to encourage you to, to just start obeying what you already know to be true about God and yeah. what he desires for you. And, and that's not easy, but it, it takes a lot of intentionality. And then you're going to grow out of that. But you're right. There, there is a baseline that I think a lot of us know. Okay, this is what, this is the, the beginnings of this. And, and really, it's the foundation. <coughs> this yes. love and obedience is the foundation for everything else. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned being holy, but you have to have that obedience and love so we can become set apart for our purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Next week, we'll be talking about seeking godly input. And because um, that, that's the next step into, man, discovering God's will for our lives is once we have the foundations, now making sure the voices we're listening to are uh, in line with Scripture, in line with, with God, what God has for our lives. Now, um, I may not be here next Thursday. We might have to, we might pre-record or we might take a week off. Well, you know, the next, I mean, it's... It's about to be holidays. Yeah, so... Be watching for Facebook posts. We'll let you yes, know what we're we'll you know. what we're doing. But um, my son he wants, wants his, his mama. mama. <laughs> uh, hey, listen! Thank you for being with us today. Uh, we got a couple of new listeners uh, that have joined us today, and we're grateful for you being on with us. Uh, we want to encourage you. Uh, after we get through, uh, we always I say we. Jonathan is supposed to rip the audio off and, and upload it. Hey, now! Uh, but you can find uh, the Crossways Podcast podcast. On all of the, your major podcast uh, platforms, yep. subscribe to us, leave us a review, share it with your friends. Um, you know, we, we want to to get your help to spread uh, the word of God in this way, and uh, we would really appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely, and always rem- remember First Peter two twenty one. For to this you've been called, for Christ also suffered, leaving you an example that you might follow in His steps. We love you guys. Remember. God loves you too. We'll see you guys next time.